Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, as, I, as I've been studying and um, looking into these spiritual disciplines, it's, it's so amazing this, this relationship that you long to have with us and the different avenues that we have to deepen that, God. And, and it, really, it, it truly is sacrificial on our part. It takes discipline. It takes forming habits. But the benefits, uh, man, they are, they are amazing. And it's one of those things you can't really tell people about. It's, it's something you really have to experience. And, and so, God, I, I pray for your church right now. I pray for all the believers, all the followers of Jesus. God, I pray that during uh, this moment in history that it, there has been an awakening, an awakening to that relationship quality that we have with you, that we have with each other. And I just am so thankful. I've seen a lot of that uh, begin to really deepen. And I, and I pray that across the board. I pray that people are just waking up to that truth that, that we need to be in relationship. And first and foremost, it is with you through Jesus Christ. It is, it is about Jesus and uh, bringing glory to you, God. And, and so I pray and I hope that we are working on those uh, habits, those spiritual disciplines. And again, it's a journey. It is a slow process and it's just a day by day uh, growing in that and, God, and then, and then with each other, you know, when Jesus gave us those two commandments, um, I pray that we are learning to love people in our own home. I'm learning, I'm praying we learn, learning to love our neighbors. God, our, our church family, you talk about that a lot in, in the word about how we're, we're supposed to look after each other. That needs to be a priority uh, and such a priority that it's an example to the world of your love. And so God, be with me. Um, you know, I didn't sleep very well last night and just struggling with that and and uh, help me to convey what you want me to about this topic of fasting, God. And, and I just pray it's just another step, another element uh, to bring into our lives that draw us closer to you, that help us to focus, to learn to listen, God, and to respond to the things that you're sharing uh, with our just inward being, God, in our soul. And I pray that it brings health to our soul, God, these disciplines, this, this meditation and prayer and fasting. And, and next week we're going to talk about study. And, and God, so just I pray that our souls are becoming uh, healthier, God, um, because of this, this uh, direction in our life and because of the, these sermons and these study times. And, and uh, God, so just pour yourself out into us, God, as we... Uh, open ourselves up to you. We love you. Thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, whew, it's good stuff. Uh, just being, the, being in the body of Christ, I, I often wonder, I know I've heard lots of people say this, I, I truly don't know. Um, I mean, I get how people get through things, but I, I definitely am so thankful uh, for how God designed his church and um, and how we come together and how we get through things together and how we cry together and laugh together and pray together and share things um, together. And so uh, the, the our communion meditation today is, is going to be from Acts chapter 2. And just I was thinking about 
the, everything we're going through, you know, in, in the midst of this. And, and again, I know I shared in one of the community meditations, I think it was last week, that, uh, you know, it was probably the closest we could relate to um, what was really happening around the, the time that Jesus was crucified and the, and when he instituted this and, and those kinds of things because there's there's a lot going on in our, on our world that is scary or even, you know, you might even describe it as dark a little bit. And then just the manipulation that's out there and the things that are getting said or not said or information that's being twisted or it's just so much, you know, and it's it's hard to know what the truth is, but we know we have truth in Jesus. And, and when we just reflect back on the early church, like they really got locked into being together and being dependent on the Lord for provision. And then the Lord provided through the people, right? And they, they shared in all of that provision together. And so I just, I was really reminded of that. And so I want to share that for our community meditation because I've, I've watched uh, the church just come together and pour out to help others to be there for one another. And uh, I love that. And this time is, is also a part of that, you know, the, the breaking of bread. Um, and so I want to read that section from Acts chapter two, uh, starting in verse 42. I'll just, I'll just finish up the chapter here. And it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul. The many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. I love that. You know, uh, the world, our human nature just tries to divide and, and separate, you know, and we're brought back together in unity in Christ, you know, because the everything we have in common is him. It's Jesus Christ. It's, it's me coming to the table with the unique gifts that he gave to me and you doing the same thing and him bringing unity in our strengths and weaknesses, um, how we learn to love each other and we disregard the flesh. You know, and we, we embrace one another as Christ has, has called us to do. And, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And I've seen some of that during this time. Just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to, to watch people give sacrificially. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. So um, uh, just been encouraging even, you know, to watch that happen. Um, and, and day by day, it says, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so as we as we come around the communion table and we remember uh, the sacrifice of Christ, the, the breaking of the body and the giving of the blood that was shed, and we're going to partake in that together right now. But I just, you know, one of the things that stood out to me too is just this unifying thing in the church, but also how, how much things change so quickly. And man, are we aware of that right now, you know? And and so God uh, is doing things. He is moving, and I've seen it. I believe it. And I don't know what our future holds, 
Uh, and I know there's that saying, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And that's so true. Uh, but uh, you just keep clinging to Jesus through this. You know, and as we partake of communion, we remember him and remember everything we did, he did and examine ourselves uh, and who we are and, and the laying down of ourself, you know, as it says in Romans. Um, I just, uh, just those were kind of my thoughts this morning as we prepare to partake of communion. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for sending your son, Jesus, as we're just coming off of the Easter celebration and the empty tomb and uh, the resurrected Christ. Um, what a moment, you know, and, and when that actually happened, uh, you know, we're, we're still in the midst of Jesus's appearances, you know, and him showing up uh, to his followers and uh, just, God, what, a, what an amazing time when, when fear had the ability to just overwhelm and the hope and faith uh, just rose up. And so, God, as we gather to take communion today and we remember Jesus and we examine ourselves, God, I, I just pray that that hope and that faith just well up in us, God. Thank you for the time of communion. Thank you for uh, that we can uh, connect right here together uh, across the board with the church. God, and, and just that we get to be a part of that. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the body that was broken and the blood that was shed for us. Jesus, thank you. We remember you. We remember your sacrifice, and it's in your name. Amen. If you're, uh, if you're joining us for the first time, you know, I always, always say, if you, you know, if you need more time with communion, take it, you know, take as much time as, as you need. Um, it's a, it's a wonderful time, you know, uh, to get to do that. So, uh, it's raining here pretty good. We have a metal roof, so I don't know if any of that's carrying through there or not, but, uh, uh I love that sound. I, I enjoy it. Um, it's just so peaceful, you know. And that's something through, through all of this, I, I hope there's been just a presence of peace uh, for you. And I hope it's, I hope you recognize that it's coming from the Lord. And there's people going through some pretty big struggles right now. Um, there's people going through loss. There's people going through illness. Uh, there's people going through financial strain. There's people going through family strain. There's a lot going on. And so please continue to pray for each other. Pray for that peace. Pray for that that peace that passes all understanding that does not make any sense in the midst of some of these struggles and trials that we're going through. Um, so, you know, don't, don't stop praying for each other. Uh, that's, that is by far, I believe 
the most effective thing that we can do. And then when we're praying and, and God leads us to move, then move, you know, be obedient, listen uh, to the voice of God, to the stirring of God, to go and do whatever he's asking uh, of you. So uh, again, thank you um, for all that you're, you're doing. So uh, when I get uh, the recording going this morning, okay, cool. Um, so we have been on this journey and we have been talking about, uh, spiritual disciplines. And I want to always emphasize some things that, uh, these are not rules. They are about relationship and it is vitally important to not make them a rule because, uh, Jesus talked against that. We're, I mean, we're going to hear that today. Um, cause today we're talking about fasting and, you know, like it's easy, man. Fasting is just one of those things. It wasn't, it's talked about a lot in scripture, a lot more than you probably realize, but it's not like there's not a how to in scripture, you know? And so there's a lot of confusion about fasting. Uh, we don't, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember through all my, uh, biblical educational experiences hearing a ton about it. Uh, but I, I, it's interesting. I'm going to, again, get into this in the message, but you know, there it's mentioned, you know, when Jesus mentions it in the Sermon on the Mount, it's mentioned, uh, right there along with, uh, giving and prayer, you know, um, which obviously there's, there's emphasis on those. And so it's important and it's, it's in there again, all over the place, but we're going to, we're just going to dialogue through it. All right. But I need to say a few things about it. And before I do that, I'm going to back up to where we've come from. So we've been talking about spiritual disciplines. We're going through four inward disciplines right now. Um, we are going to talk about four outward disciplines and four corporate disciplines. But uh, we're in the beginning, uh, the four inward disciplines. We talked about meditation and everything that that is. And please, if you you know if you have any questions about that, go back and listen to the message. Contact me. I love I love talking about this stuff. Um, we talked about prayer. And the importance of that as a discipline and as, and all these are like things we grow in, right? We learn uh, from. And so a couple of important things is finding people around you that are already doing this, that are maybe further down the, the path than you, that you can learn from. And then just taking small steps with it and growing at, at a good pace. Uh, we're all, like I said, gifted differently. And so different spiritual disciplines are going to, um, be easier than others and different ones for different people are going to be easier than others. So, uh, so just developing those because I believe, I really do believe that these are part of the big issue with, with Christianity and with the followers of Jesus is that we either don't know how to really deepen our relationship with the father or, um, uh, or we're just, you know, sometimes I know we get lazy. I mean, who doesn't? We've all, suffered from that. And so just developing these habits is, is going to allow God to speak into your life more. I believe you're going to see him more actively in your life than, than maybe you did before if you didn't have these going on already. So, all right. So relationship, not rules, very, very important. Um, and, uh, and, and again, so important today because this is really pushed in scripture uh, about them becoming a, a rule. And there's a lot of weirdness around fasting because there's there's fasting in other areas right not just spiritual 
There's health benefits from fasting sometimes. Um, and, uh, and I want to take a moment on that and talk about the medical side of this because uh, the truth is everybody shouldn't fast. And some people shouldn't fast without getting medical advice on that. Um, so, you know, if you're struggling with diabetes or an expectant mother or, you know, have you have heart issues and there's some other things that you really need to be careful of with fasting. And so always, if there's any question at all, always consult uh, your doctor and, and make sure um, that uh, that what we're talking about is physically okay for you. And, I'm, and I mean that, like that's, uh, that's a, a very real thing. And so, um, and again, it, this isn't commanded in scripture. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that, but, uh, what, what fasting isn't, you know, it is that it's not, uh, I don't, if I'm doing a spiritual fast and that's what we're going to be talking about today, a, a spiritual fast, it's not about health. Okay. Uh, are there benefits? Yes, absolutely. There are benefits, but that's not what it's about. It's not to show off about how holy I am, right? Or I got this maturity that you don't have. In fact, you know, the Bible talks about um, us n not even telling anybody or, or at least only telling the people that really need to know. Um, and so, you know, we want to make sure fasting stays in the, the context the Bible portrays it in. And so, uh, so we want to do that today. I'm going to stick to my notes a little heavy today, so you'll see me looking down a lot more than I normally do because I just I want to make sure uh, this is one of those real important things to me to get right. Um, uh, and I say that I mean everything's important to me to get right, but this is this is just one of those things. Again, there's not a how-to in the Bible, and so uh, we've been learning uh, about it. And there's been seasons of life in in the world where it's kind of been a lost thing a little bit. And, and so, um, it's, it's ramped back up here. Uh, the last, I, I don't know, uh, it's, it's definitely become a little bit more of a priority in the religious community, uh, um, of late. And, and so, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing more uh, about it and those kinds of things. So, um, uh, some, some, uh, some like to, uh, some, some like hesitations here. Uh, some people like to take uh, fasting to this level that it was never meant to go. And uh, it, it gets into unhealthy things and we don't want to do that. And then some people just want to ignore it altogether. And I don't, don't think we want to do that either. I think, I think this is something again, talked about in scripture and we need to deal with it and think about it and pray about it. Um, you'll hear me say this a couple times during the message. It needs to be God initiated and God ordained. I believe that. Um, but I do think it's something we can practice and develop a habit in. And I do think we're going to reap the blessing from that. I really do. And the biggest blessing of all is going to be our, our deepening relationship with the father and Jesus and just tuning in to the Holy spirit. Um, the, the biblical version of fasting, uh, at least everything I read and studied is the denial of food. Um, I know people, call it fasting when I'm going to fast from electronics, I'm going to fast from, from this or that. But, uh, in, in scripture, what we see is, is a denial of food. We, we have, um, descriptions of a partial fast in, in, in the Bible where there were some things that were abstained from. 
and then full fast and then uh, fast where it was just total denial of everything. Um, and so uh, today is just kind of intro to fasting and beginning fasting. And where God takes you on this journey is up to him. And, and I want to, again, just put a lot of emphasis on that. Like, I'm not asking you to go out and get crazy with this. And I definitely don't want to see anybody get unhealthy. So keep it in perspective and keep it where it needs to be kept and, and listen and study, um, meditate on it, pray about it, uh, because I do think it's an important part of our journey, but it's a part that needs to be understood and, and done properly, right? And when done properly, it, it can have a lot of uh, benefits, both spiritually and physically, uh, to our, our bodies. But we know that Moses fasted, David fasted, Elijah fasted, Daniel, Anna, Paul, Jesus, and many, many more people fasted in Scripture. We have records of that, them talking about it. And so uh, it is absolutely without question for spiritual purpose, right? Uh, spiritual motivation has to be at the forefront and, and really just an absolute bringing glory to the Father. I, I hope that's why you want to learn about any spiritual discipline is, is to bring glory to the Father. So, uh, so we want to let that be our motivation. Let that be our emphasis. And we're going we're gonna to start off just um, uh, you know, celebrating Jesus because uh, he did an amazing fast. And so we're going to kind of start with an extreme thing. And I'm going to end talking about this. Uh, but if you'll flip over to Luke chapter 4, and one of the cool things we've been doing and we're going to continue to do is I can put all the scripture references in the notes section after the video is over. And I've also been putting them in the notes section on our website uh, to where when you go listen to it on the website, they're, they're in there. Now, if you subscribe to the podcast and get that, uh, I, I don't think they're on there, but they may be. I don't know if they carry over or, or not. Um, they may. I haven't checked into that. But, uh, but the scripture references are there, so you can always go back and look. But we're going to be in Luke 4, uh, chap, verse 2 um, there. And I, actually, I'm going to just start with verse 1 because I want to I put emphasis on this. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, okay? Again, Spirit-led. This is Spirit-led stuff. Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for, the 40, for 40 days. And being tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days and and they were in, in and when they were ended he was hungry and then we, of course we know the devil tempted him right it doesn't say anything there about abstaining from water all right there are a few instances in scripture where a full fast is called for in some pretty intense crisis moments for God's people where it would say something like you know I, I want you to abstain from drinking water for you know a day or two or, or whatever um to, to pray and fast over a certain issue. And those always seem to be emergency things, like big-time things. Um, and so uh, so I just wanted to put emphasis on that. You know, Jesus fasted, right? He did. We know that he did. He talks about it. Uh, and, and so I wanted to, I wanted to start there. Um, back in Daniel, if you want to flip over to Daniel chapter 10, Daniel partook in a partial fast. And we're not told a ton about it, but... Uh, he does uh, put some emphasis on that. I even know there's some there's some books out there because I own one uh, called the Daniel Fast, and and uh, it was it's part of a health journey as well. Uh, and and so there there's that. But in Daniel chapter ten verse three, 
Uh, it says, I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. Okay. So Daniel shares what he was fasting from, but it wasn't a full fast. You know, it wasn't from everything. Um, uh, so, so we know there's partial fast in, involved in this. And again, part of what we're doing is just covering scripture because I want you to see that it's in there all over the place. Fasting is just there. And there's this attitude of it's just assumed that people are going to fast. Okay. And so I don't want to assume that we shouldn't, or I don't want to be okay with the fact that I don't see it very prevalent in people's lives because I do think it's a part of this spiritual disciplines. So, um, so, uh, most of the time, uh, when it comes to fasting, it's something that's done uh, privately. It's not something that we're, you know, we're supposed to announce and share. But occasionally we do read about in Scripture. Uh, if you want to flip over to Levit- Leviticus 23, um, we see an example, and there's several throughout, throughout the Bible, of a corporate fast. Uh, we know Esther called for a corporate fast um, with uh, Mordecai. And uh, so... Flip over to Leviticus 23, and we're going to be in verse 27, 23, 27. And this is the, this was put in place for the Jewish people to do once a year, this fast. And it was for the day of atonement because there should be mourning. There should be a guilt thing that comes with, with sin. And so for the day of atonement, they're, they're uh, called to fast. Just start with verse 26, and it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Now on the earth, now on the tenth day of the seventh month, in the day of atonement, it shall be for you in the time of holy convocation, and you shall afflict yourselves and present a food offering uh, to the Lord. And you shall not do any work on that very day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. And so we know the day of atonement um, gets set up for a corporate fast uh, for the people. So, um, so there's corporate fasting as well, but most of the fasting and what we're talking about today really is a, a private thing. And again, just the people that really need to know in your life, maybe, uh, but, th- but it's not a, a showy thing, you know, and it, it definitely can be. So what does all this mean for us? Uh, if you'll flip over to second Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul shares some thoughts there. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. It talks, he talks about being in toil and hardship uh, through many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst, often without food in cold and exposure. Um, Paul just going through uh, sacrificial things um, and uh, allowing that to allow him to depend on who Jesus, right? Uh, and that's the big thing uh, that we're going to, the place we're going to come to is, is this dependency. I can, I can do without some things, um, to depend on Jesus, you know, uh, Galatians five thirteen, and I'm, I'm flipping to these two with you today. Uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't write them down ahead of time. Um, because, you know, if you're following along with your Bible, I, I, I love when I create a little bit of space there for you to be able to, to look it up and read along with me. Um, 
the 5.13 in uh, Galatians says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And Colossians 2.23 um, says, Colossians 2.23, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Um, And he's talking about how we can take something and just turn it into a fleshly thing, right? And take it away from being a spiritual thing. And I think fasting has that ability to happen very quickly to make it about something that it is not. And what it is, is us learning to deny something and depend on him. I mean, think about it for a second. Um, You know, fasting, uh, the denial of food, like there's a lot of issues related to food for, I I mean, I struggle with that um, from time to time. There's a lot of things. Uh, Our stomach drives us sometimes, right? The Bible talks about that. And uh, it really drives us and uh, almost feels like controls us sometimes. Um, And so we want to just be careful of not letting it become a fleshly, thing. Um, so what does Jesus say about fasting and prayer and giving? And it's all tied together. Matthew six, the sermon on the Mount. Uh, he is, is dialoguing through this and starting in verse 16, he says, and when you fast, okay. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but but your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, again, this is, this is right after the Lord's Prayer teaching and right before where our treasure is. You know, we talk about giving a lot and being good stewards um, and being generous. And again, man, I've seen an outpouring from the body of believers that is, uh, is got me emotional several times um, because I know we're all, all not going through easy times here. But again, we don't depend on, on the earth, earthly things, right? We depend on the Father. And I've just, I've just seen that uh, people being generous in so many ways. And it's been just a beautiful thing to witness and so here is fasting, just right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is, has just talked about prayer. He's about to talk about giving and where, where you keep your treasure. And so, uh, you know, it's obviously an important thing uh, that Jesus included it here. And so, you know, we don't want to neglect it. We want to make sure we pay attention to it. And Jesus uh, scolds the Pharisees. Uh, flip over to Luke 18. And we're going to be in verse 12. Luke 18, 12, and Jesus is uh, talking to the Pharisees. Remember, he, he just talked about it in the Sermon on the Mount, how you're not supposed to, like, let there be this outward thing that just would show people that you're fasting, right? Because what are you really doing when you're doing that? You're, oh, you know, look at me. I'm, I'm fasting, and you're not. I'm holier than you. I'm more righteous than you. And, and again, that's the, our motives are messed up there, and that's, that's not what this is about. So in Luke uh, 18, 12, uh, it says uh, the Pharisees were, were talking, and and uh, I'm, I'm going to back up to 11. The Pharisees standing by himself prayed, Thus, God, 
I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes all that I, of all that I get. And he continues on, but the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other one. So, um, so if we're exalting ourselves, uh, obviously our motives are messed up. And, and there's, Jesus said, you've already received your, your reward. You're, there's, there's not going to be anything there. Spiritual, there's not going to be anything there from the Father. That, that's, not a, that's not a communication thing to God. That's not a building a relationship with God. Uh, that's building up yourself. And the Bible talks explicitly about that over and over and over and over again. And so, uh, so again, this is not a command. Jesus says if, I mean, he doesn't say if you fast, and he doesn't say you must fast, right? So uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, um, but he says when you fast, right? So uh, uh, Matthew 9, 15 says... And I want to read. I wanted to read a lot of scripture today because I want you just to see it's it's in there, everywhere. And Jesus said to them, "Can the uh, oh sorry I was jumping ahead. Um, so not an if and you must, but it's Jesus assuming that we will just be a part of this as followers uh, in our disciplines. Uh, so when you fast, you know this is how you fast. And what Jesus was trying to do, I believe, is restore it to what it was supposed to be because the Pharisees again the people. Uh, who were being looked at as the religious leaders were distorting what fasting was supposed to be. And so Jesus was restoring it. Um, and so uh, in Matthew nine fifteen, uh, and Jesus said to them, because uh, there was question from the Pharisees, right, who were, who were fasting for public image. And they're like, you know, why don't your disciples fast? And so Jesus uh, said to them, can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So it's interesting, right? So Jesus is is talking about this uh, from a point uh, that right then Jesus was present. And so it wasn't a time uh, for, for mourning, right? It wasn't a time for fasting. It was a time for feasting. And he says that in different ways throughout his ministry. Uh, he talks about, hey, I'm here. I'm present you know, you need to take advantage of that. Like, I'm, in, I'm with you right now. And then, of course, we know uh, just we got to the Easter season and, and he's going to ascend. And he's going to give us a gift, a gift of the Holy Spirit. And through this spiritual relationship, uh, we get these benefits from fasting. And we know that fasting uh, continued on uh, because, you know, we read about it later on. Uh, Acts 13, um, 13, verse 2 and 3 says I'll just start with verse one now there now there now there were in the church of Antioch prophets and teachers Barnabas Simeon who was called Niger Lucius of Cyrene Manan a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch and Saul while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting right so the practice continued on it was happening in the church at Antioch the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So we know that fasting continued on. And again, uh, it's in other part 
uh, other parts of the scripture. So um, it was uh, it was kind of just a, a, a recognized thing in the part of the Christian walk. And, you know, there was a lot of teachings that were just passed down verbally. And so if you were raised up and you just knew how to do these things, uh, I've Shay and I garden, and we've had to we've had to learn a lot. My parents gardened, um, but I do not remember. They probably tried to teach me. I just don't remember, <laughs> and so I didn't want to help. It was a chore to me, you know. And I fought them and whined and cried about it, and and so I didn't want to go out there and weed the garden, and I didn't want to plant the garden, and I didn't want to till the garden, and so I missed out on a lot of life lessons because I I was rebellious in nature, you know. And but I I did learn some things. And so we were able to put that into practice, and we've learned a lot. And now our boys are, are learning uh, about gardening. And I, I think fasting is very similar. I think uh, it was just such a part of the walk, um, and it was just there. And people uh, learned from one another. And so the how-tos weren't written down as much. And so uh, it just we know that it was present, and we know that it was in, in people's lives uh, from beginning to end in, in Scripture. It was all over the place. And so, uh, so Jesus just anticipated that, that his followers were going to do this, uh, do this thing. And this is not a, uh, back to kind of a motive check. This isn't, I'm going to fast and pray to get God to do what I want him to do. Again, that's, that's not what this is about. You know, it's, it's really, uh, drawing near to the Lord, um, learning to deny this inner craving that we have for food to focus on the things of God. And it doesn't happen overnight. And just like every spiritual discipline, it is a journey. There's a learning thing to it. Um, But it is part of our worship. And it needs to be God-centered. It needs to be God-initiated and God-ordained. And I do believe if, if it's something that we begin to think about and pray about and put into practice you are going to see the benefits. You're going to reap the reward. You know, the Bible talks about sowing and reaping a lot. And the more we pour into the things of God and the disciplines that we see in Scripture, again, we're not creating this. It's there. It's all over the Word of God. Um, So we just want to learn about it, and we want to keep it inside the parameters that Scripture keeps it inside of. And, you know, we don't want it to become a worldly thing. Uh, I'm going to flip over to Zechariah for a minute in the Old Testament, uh, Zechariah chapter 7, because God, uh, it it talks about a motive check right here in verse 5. Verse 4, it says, then the word of the Lord of hosts came to me, and in verse 5, it says, say to all the people of the land and the priests, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth month and in the seventh for these 70 years, was it for me that you fasted? And on to verse six, and when you eat, and and when you eat and, and when you drink, do you not eat for yourselves and drink for yourselves? Were not these the words that the Lord proclaimed by the former prophets when Jerusalem was inhabited and prosperous, with her cities around her, and the south and the lowland were inhabited? And so he's he's saying like, hey, like this is a you got to check your motives when you're doing these kinds of things, you know. And, and it's important for us to, to do that. Um, and so, uh, 
We just want to keep fasting where it's supposed to be. All right. I know I keep saying that. I'm going to keep saying that because it's, this is one of those just unknown things for a lot of us. And if, if we're going to venture into it, um, we need to do that slowly, I believe. And just, again, it's, it's a, uh, just developing a habit. And the, the, the point is because there, there are, there are going to be blessings, right? When we do this and we're obedient in anything that we do, that we're obedient, there's going to be blessing. There's going to be reward, right? We're building up treasures in heaven. Jesus talks about that in his sermon right after fasting. And, and so, um, uh, so he, uh, he, he wants us to keep it healthy and we need to make sure that it's about the blesser and not the blessing, right? I think about like the gifts that we see read in scripture, like there were people who had the ability to heal, right? And it would be so hard not to let that become the thing instead of it being about glory to God. Like all these people are going to be praising if it were me, praising me for my ability to heal someone. And, then, you know, and there's going to be benefit there. And, and so we want to make sure it's, it's about the blesser and not about the blessing, right? Um, it, th- those are just the benefits and the rewards that we reap because we're keeping the main thing, the main thing. We're keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Um, and the, the thing about fasting is it's going to reveal things uh, is about yourself. We're going to flip over to Psalm in a minute, Psalm 69. Um, and uh, it, it's going to begin to to show us things about ourselves. One of, one of the shows that I've watched throughout the, throughout the years is uh, there's two shows, Survivor, um, and don't judge me on these. I just, I love watching Survivor. It's not... Um, a Christian show, but it, I, I believe it, it gives me insight into how people are wired. And I've always been interested in that just to watch people and how they interact with each other and put in different situations and environments. And one of those situations they get put in and out there is a lack of food. And it really begins to surface tensions and things about themselves. And there's a lot of self-examination that goes on and people wrestle out morality out there all the time. And the other one is The Biggest Loser. We uh, Shay and I have watched that a lot. And, you know, like there's a lot of inner demons in people that they're struggling with things and they're wrestling with things. And as we begin to fast, and if that's something we partake in, some of that stuff's going to surface. I know there's been seasons of my life where food was an outlet for me to cover up things and not deal with things. And so as we began to let God deal with the inner being, um, we're going to be healthier for it. But there's a struggle there, and it is tough. You know, to go through those things, it's tough to be examined and, and put out there, but it has to come from a place of humility. Psalm uh, 69 verse 10 says, when I wept and humbled my soul with fasting. Man, that might be a verse you need to write down. If this is something you're going to step into, uh, man, what a powerful verse. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. We have to humble ourselves. We have to come at this from a place of humility. Um, now we're going to transition to some of the benefit, and, and this is pretty cool. Matthew 4.4, 4, uh, I love this verse. And it says, um, and if you've been around the church house very long, you, you've heard this one, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. Man shall not live by bread alone. And I love that because we think of fasting, I think, as a denial of food. And really, it's a time of feasting. It's a time of feasting, just not on food, but on God's food, right? The word of God. We're going to feast on the word of God. We're going to feast on our relationship with God. And and like we get to have this this, uh, time with him, this experience where we're denying something that's just natural to us and and we crave even, you know, and the Bible talks about what we should crave. And, you know, we're not just living on bread alone. And so the word of God is so fulfilling. Um, Colossians 1.17 Colossians 1.17. It says, and he is before all things. We're talking about Jesus. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. Right? So we, we want to be in him. We're sustained in Christ. We are sustained in Christ. And I don't want you to ever forget that. I know so often we look to the earth things and we are sustained. He is going to carry us um, in our connection to him, the vine, right? And the branches and and drawing our um, strength, just our life from him, right? So uh, we're not abstaining from food. I, I don't want you to look at it that way, but we're feasting on the word of God. John 4, 32 um, says, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. You know, and Jesus is, is at the, the well with the woman and they the disciples went into town to get him something to eat and they come back and, and Jesus is like, I've eaten, you know? <laughs> and they're like, what? You know, who gave you food? Um, and he said, I have food that, that you know nothing about. And, and so, again, just we're going to feast on uh, God's word. So this isn't an act of misery. It's not a, oh, I'm fasting. and I'm just, it's, a, it's a time of rejoicing, really. It's a time of celebrating and finding joy in this deep thing um, uh, of the word of God and learning to feast on the word of God. Paul tell, tells us not to be in, enslaved by the things of the world, right? In 1 Corinthians 6.12, he says that. Uh, he says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And so fasting sometimes uh, can and will bring about a balance in that. It, it opens our eyes up to the things maybe we become have become dependent on in, in, the, in the earthly sense, you know? Uh, things that we're clinging to here when we're supposed to be clinging to him and keeping our mind on things above and, and you know, feasting on the word of God. So Paul kind of t- draws us back to that. And you're going to have a reward from this. You can count on it, but it's not about the reward, right? Not about the blessing. It's about the blesser. So practice is slow. So I wanted to kind of just cover a bunch of scriptures and show you where it's at in, in the Bible and so now I'm going to kind of wrap things up with some practical stuff, all right? So I don't want you to get carried away with this. I don't want you to let it be something that it's not. If you're not ready to take this step in the journey, then don't. My 8-year-old and 3-year-old can't drive a car yet, all right? 
they can uh, Caden can get the four wheeler around the yard, and Elias is starting to get his little uh, twelve volt uh, gator, which I made it to a twenty volt gator. I highly recommend that if you have one of those. Lots of fun. Um, but uh, they can drive around the yard. They've crashed into some things, you know, and they've they've had little wrecks. And but they can't drive a car, right? They can't. So if this isn't a step you're ready to take in your spiritual journey, then don't. But it is something you can begin praying about and learning about, right? So maybe you're not ready to take the step yet, but maybe you are, and you're still like, hey, I have no idea what to do. And so uh, what I'm going to share with you is something I've practiced and I because I've just studied and read and uh, just kind of a, a way that I've started this journey a little bit. And it's just with a 24-hour fast once a week. And if, and if that's something that you're interested in, the recommended time, I know it's going to be crazy, but it's a two-year commitment. And there's a reason for that. Uh, one, it takes a while to develop a habit. But, but in our journey with Christ, I hope you've experienced this. We change, right? We mature, we grow up, we see things differently. And so when we begin our journey, maybe fasting, even if it has a spiritual emphasis, we're not really like seeing the things that we're going to see later. Um, and so I want to encourage you, if, if this is something you want to try to begin to do, to, to have some type of longer term commitment in it so that you can really reap the benefits, so you can really see it grow. I always encourage you to journal your, your journey because you can look back and read and see where you've come from. I write down prayers a lot of times so I can see how they were answered because a lot of times we pray and just forget what we said, right? We've been asked to pray and we, want, we don't want to forget to pray. So, so we, we, we jump on there and we, uh, we, we pray and, um, and, um, and so we want to keep this thing in perspective and keep it, uh, where, where it needs to be. So practice is slow. This is a slow process. Um, and what I, what I have done uh, is go from, from lunch to lunch. And the reason is you end up just missing two meals. Because you eat an early, let's just say you're going to fast for 24 hours from Wednesday to Thursday. You eat lunch on Wednesday. Maybe you eat a little earlier, right, at 1130, and you're done by noon. And so you fast from noon to noon on Thursday, and then you eat uh, a little later lunch on Thursday. Now, look, if, if you do this and you don't put any emphasis on prayer or the spiritual life or the spiritual journey, then I, don't do it, you know. There's a reason we fast, Okay. So, uh, and again, not a command, not a command. All right. So don't, don't get lost in that. So that's an easy way to begin fasting. And if you have some type of extraneous activity that you're participating, Shay runs in five K's and Caden, Caden runs, uh, big time runners. Maybe you have a sporting event, something. Uh, I made the mistake one day of fasting before a big run and no, do not do that. (laughs) Um, so, you know, use some, use some, uh, uh, just practical wisdom in, in this and, and make sure it's in a, in a time slot that works for you. I've, I've uh, occasionally had to move mine from time to time. Um, but uh, let it be an act of prayer and adoration and song and worship. And one of the neat things is you begin to do this and it becomes a habit. Like focus, I know this is going to sound like a meditative thing and it is, but focus on your breathing and as you're breathing and denying food and, and, you know, you experience the little hunger pains and stuff, you're going to be okay. Um, but we begin focusing on our breathing and letting the mundane things of your life become a ministry to the Lord. And and 
just, again, as this develops, maybe you're hearing all this and you're like, what is Jeff talking about? That's okay. Uh, it's probably confusing for, uh, for a lot of people. And, and it's one of those things, like most things with Christianity, until you fully experience it, it's not going to be fully understandable, you know? Um, but uh, uh, so just, I want to just lay out there kind of a practical approach to that. So I want to read to you, uh, this is an anonymous person wrote this, but they, they wrote down six things they learned over their two-year fasting of a 24-hour fast. And I just want you to kind of hear how it changes. And uh, so just, just listen up. This is a quote from, from the book, uh, Celebration of Disciplines. And it said, the first observation they wrote down, I felt it a great accomplishment to go a whole day without food congratulated myself on the fact that I found it so easy. You know, that was early on. Like, it was like, yes, you know, I did it. I accomplished this thing. The second observation was made as they were growing, began to see that the above, the congratulations on making it, was hardly the goal of fasting, was helped in this by beginning to feel hunger. So the first the first little bit of this, of this person doing this, they didn't experience hunger during their fast. And then when they began to to experience hunger, it opened up the goals a little bit better. And so the third observation was began to relate the food fast to other areas of life where I was more compulsive. I eat compulsively a lot. And so this hits home with me and I did not have to have a seat on the bus to be contented or to be cool in the summer or warm when it was cold. And so this person was learning to do without comforts, right? We call it comfort food for a reason. This person was learning to, to be content in other areas of, of their life because of, of this fasting. The fourth observation, reflected more on Christ's suffering. That's something to think about. I mean, the Bible talks about us suffering along with Christ um, and the suffering of those who are hungry in this world and, and have hungry babies. You know, like there's babies born in this world and, and they're starving for food. And so just being a little more reflective in, into that world, uh, the fifth observation that was made six months after beginning the fast discipline, discipline, I began to see why a two-year period has been suggested. The experiences change along the way. Hunger on fast days became acute, and the temptation, uh, the temptation to eat stronger, for the first time I was using the day to find God's will for my life. So six months in, he was finally finding or using the day to find God's will uh, for his life and began to think about what it meant to really surrender. Um, so some spiritual things are going to surface, right, uh, for you. And they may be differently uh, than this person, obviously, because we're all in different places. And the sixth observation uh, was, as, was at the end. And I know now that prayer and fasting must be intricately bound together. So again, if, if, if there's not this spiritual emphasis when you begin, you know, like you got to have it there. Even if it's, even if it's just a small, small, it's got to be in there. Our motive has to be right. And he goes on to say, there is no other way. And yet that way is not yet combined in me. So even after this is over, there was still a struggle for him to make sure the prayer and the fasting go hand in hand. And really all of these spiritual disciplines go hand in hand. They all do meditation, prayer, fasting, study next week. And then again, we're going to talk about some outward stuff 
and then some corporate stuff as we move forward. But they all go hand in hand. They're all building blocks in this process of maturing us. Not commands, but relationship, right? Not rules, but relationship. And so our desire, I hope your desire, if this is something you want to embark on, is to um, deepen your relationship with the Father. And, you know, let I do encourage you to let someone, you know, your spouse or a close friend or someone in your life, when you're ready to take this step, to let, let them know that you're doing it. So they can be in prayer for you. Uh, they can be an encourager, not a beat you up if you mess it up, you know, uh, but encourager, like someone who's going to walk with you in it. Also, man, if you know someone who's been doing this in their life and they're down the road a little bit, like get some encouragement from them, uh, sit down with them and talk with them through it. I, I know they'll be happy to share that because uh, that's not a boasting thing and, and they want to help you in your journey. And so we want to, we want to, to look into these things. And so um, all fasting isn't some heavy, heavy, crazy spiritual tr- struggle either. Okay. You're going to have just normal days with it. And we're, it's just about joy and righteousness and peace. You know, we began with that and I want to come back to that. So, uh, just, I hope there's a peace in it and that you're feasting on the word of God in it. If you so choose to embark on this journey, I love you church. We're going to end right there. I'm going to close this with prayer. But again, if there's, if there's questions, you know, reach out. Uh, I, I, again, love talking about this. I'm learning about fasting all the time. Uh, we're all always students, I hope. You know, I hope you stay a student uh, of the word, of uh, the spiritual journey. There's lots of people who have, who have done this and written books about it. It's, it's good to read those things, but nothing replaces the word of God. That's where we feast from, okay? And so make sure everything we do stays in the parameters of, of what Scripture allows and don't, we, we have to just stay on guard, right? Devil, the devil's always wanting to, to make it fleshly and to get you not pointed at Jesus and to get, to get your eyes off of the kingdom. And we want to make sure we stay right there. His mercies are new every morning. We want to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus every morning. We want to start our day out that way. And, and I just, I hope that's uh, some habits that are developing in you. I love you, church. God bless you. I pray that you are pouring into him and that he's pouring into you so much that it's just overflowing into the lives of those around you. Uh, Let's pray. God, thanks again for this moment. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all the things we see in scripture that are so just interlaced, God. And I I, I mentioned this last week in the, the tapestry that you're creating from each of the woven threads of our lives. God, and and just how you're creating this amazing uh, masterpiece and so thankful that we get to be a part of that. God, and I pray that on our spiritual journeys, God, whatever steps we're ready for, whatever steps you're calling us to, that that you make it clear, Lord, and and that we begin to slowly practice these things so we can develop into mature followers of Jesus Christ. We need to mature for the sake of the kingdom of God. We need to mature so we can help those who are less mature, so we can help those who don't know you. God, we love you. Just protect us from the earthly side of all of these things. God, don't don't let it become that. God, and and keep our focus where it needs to be and, and keep us accountable to one another in love. 
And, and God, just we just pray for a mighty move of your spirit. God, I, I pray during this pandemic that there's a revival. God, just that, man, the church has woken up and, and like there's just this spiritual move uh, across the world. Um, that there's a turning back to you. God, just thank you for each and every person and their part in this and how you allow us to be a part of it. We get a part in this. That's so awesome. And so I pray that we continue to do our part. We ask all this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.